Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Donneron Monologue podcast. I am your host, Bo. And before we get into it today, I again just want to thank our sponsor and longtime supporter of the show, Ashley Luann Kay. You can follow her on Instagram at the Minnesota Nurse. That's all one word, all lowercase. So go follow her there for some uh, pretty cool nursing-related content. And uh, she updates pretty much every day, so check that out for us. Guys, uh, this week we're going to go over a topic that I am really excited to go over about. Uh, we're just going to talk about JRPGs in the West. And uh, I've, I've selected five games, one game each day, and that's sort of going to go over uh, what, how this sort of blew up in the West and how it became as big as it did. Uh, JRPGs, uh, they've kind of changed a lot. So you'll notice almost every single one I'm talking about uh, out of the five, three of them were released in the 1990s. Uh, one was released in the 80s, and one was released just two years ago. Uh, the reason I've selected these, and the reason there are so many in the 90s, is because the genre has changed a lot. And invariably, I think if you talk to big fans of the genre, the past two decades uh, were kind of a dry spot. For There was a lot of great ones, a lot of really good ones, but there weren't a lot of game-changing ones. So... Today, let's go ahead and get started with it. We're going to talk about the grandfather of the entire genre. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who doesn't love this uh, game, that loves JRPGs, and that is the original Dragon Quest. Uh, the original Dragon Quest was uh, made by... It was directed by a man named Yuji Hori. He had done uh, the Portopia serial murder uh, mystery for... Uh, the serial murder case, sorry, for uh, Enix... It was uh, one of the first uh, visual novel adventure games ever. It was absolutely groundbreaking. That particular game was a huge influence on Hideo Kojima, who, of course, went on to make the legendary Metal Gear Solid series and, more recently, Death Stranding. So uh, he he made that game, and he was already a rock star at Enix just for that game. But uh, he was also a huge fan of the Western RPG series of uh, Ultima and uh, Wizardry. Uh, I've talked about Ultima on the show before. You guys know how I feel about that. So, it, combining Ultima, Wizardry, and uh, his own game, the he was actually influenced by his own game, uh, Portopia Serial Murder Case, he made Dragon Quest. And Dragon Quest was a very, very different game when it was released. It played a lot like a computer RPG, but it played on a console. It was for the Famicom. So this was groundbreaking period, because if you've ever played any of those old Ultima and Might and Magic ports that they put onto the NES, you'll very quickly see that didn't work out so great. Um, you really want to be playing the original computer version of those games. But uh, Dragon Quest works perfectly because it was designed for it. And so in Dragon Quest, you had a single character, but you leveled him up, and you did so through first-person battles. Now, Dragon Quest had a lot going for it because Enix just happened to have the clout to hire uh, the hottest mangaka at the time in Japan, Akira Toriyama, who, of course, is in the middle of producing Dragon Ball, the original run of Dragon Ball. So they got him to do the character designs, and when he was uh, uh, sort of a bit of a, you know, RPG legend here, when Toriyama was uh, first designing characters, a uh, little nervous, hadn't done something like this before, you know. Um, he, of course, was already hyper successful with Dr. Slump, a, ma a manga series, and then uh, Dragon Ball. But he hadn't really designed characters for a video game before, so, you know, just sort of shooting ideas into the dark. Uh, he drew the Dragon Quest slime, which hopefully, uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with Dragon Quest, Adam can get you a little visual here, here, 
somewhere of uh, the slime while I'm doing this. But he just drew that picture real quick and sent it to him. And they just fell in love with it. And as you can see, if, if it's shown up by now, it's, it's really cute. It's silly. It's just perfectly Akira Toriyama. And they love the idea. Toriyama thought they would turn it down because it's supposed to be, you know, this quest, this adventure and everything. It was supposed to be very, you know, very serious and fantasy-like. But they loved it. And I think that sort of set this tone for Dragon Quest that would follow it through all of its games. And what I love about Dragon Quest is Yuji Horia is always directly involved. So every Dragon Quest, even the side games, still hold true to that central feel. And, uh... We've talked a lot about how uh, Final Fantasy, the tradition of Final Fantasy is innovation. Every game's going to be wildly different from the other. Uh, and I think that's awesome. But with Dragon Quest, the tradition is hardcore tradition. Um, from Dragon Quest to Dragon Quest Eleven, you're going to be playing a very similar game, but different enough. It's, it's similar in a way that makes you appreciate how similar it is. And I really love that. Like, that... I actually, I adore that about Dragon Quest. But anyway, in Dragon Quest, very, very simple uh, story. There's a princess. She's been kidnapped. You are the descendant of a legendary hero. You're actually a descendant of the hero from Dragon Quest 3, which you'll find out. You'll, you'll play as him, of course, in 3. And you need to go save this princess from this evil lord who was vanquished by your ancestor, but now he's back. An evil dragon lord. So very simplistic story, but... One thing we need to understand is there was not a game like Dragon Quest before Dragon Quest. There simply was not. So, uh, you you had a world map. You had random encounters that were played off in the first person where you had all the time in the world to make your decision. You weren't actively fighting. You were sitting there and going through menu trees and picking what you wanted to do, casting spells, using attacks, running when you had to. And so that was very much like wizardry. Uh, the overworld was very much like Ultima. But putting all the elements of the game combined into one uh, with an excellent, amazing soundtrack, which those tracks from that original game still appear in variant uh, ways in the modern games. Um, if you guys like uh, video game music, uh, Good Night Productions, they make, uh, and that's night as in a, a, a soldier night, uh, Good Night Productions actually makes a, uh, a lot of really good video game albums. They put out a great Dragon Quest one. But... So all this combined is distinctly Dragon Quest. And it's such a... Uh, Dragon Quest got so big in Japan that because of the release of Dragon Quest 3, Enix agreed to not release video games anymore on school days because that many kids miss school to play Dragon Quest 3. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. This is... Now, Dragon Quest is infinitely more popular in Japan than Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy is way more popular over here, but Dragon Quest is the more popular one in Japan. And I don't really know why, but they even have like a... Square Enix actually maintains a Dragon Quest bar. Um, so, in terms of JRPGs that influence the West, um, I don't think there's a bigger one. And most people say, well, I see the influence in the East, but I don't see the influence in the West. Dragon Quest came out in the West. It did. It got a release within a year of its Japanese release, which is pretty quick. Now, because of a copyright dispute, they had to go with Dragon Warrior. Uh, so it was Dragon Warrior until I think the uh, the remakes of the Zenithia trilogy for the DS. And it, so Dragon Warrior came out, and Dragon Warrior, you Nintendo Power subscribers, which if you guys remember in 1989, there was a ton of... Nintendo Power subscribers actually got a free copy of this game. 
So if you're an NES collector, you could find a copy of Dragon Warrior in your hometown, in one of those consignment shops, like a one of those shops that sells old bo- books and like stuff that people sells. Go there. I guarantee in their NES section, they have a copy of Dragon Warrior. They're everywhere. I paid two bucks for my NES copy of Dragon Warrior because they're just, they came free with Nintendo Power. These cartridges are everywhere. But I remember playing it as a kid. I got it with my Nintendo Power, and I'm talking a very young kid. And I didn't realize until much later in life how much that influenced me playing that game. But it was like, it was just 100% different from everything. It was like as different as Zelda was, this game just went even further. It's like when you hear, uh, it's like when you're in junior high and all your friends are listening to Slipknot, so you start uh, researching heavy metal and you run across Bathory or Emperor and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I guess Slipknot is okay if that's what you like. Uh, I'm not going to, I mean, I am going to judge you for that, but it's not that bad. But like, go listen to some Bathory or Emperor and, you know, really stick it to the man. Um, and that's sort of the way Dragon Quest was. You, 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 so later you would encounter a game like uh, Wild Arms or something. You'd be like, man, this is really cool. But then you research further and you remember this Dragon Warrior game that became Dragon Quest and suddenly it's all blowing up and it's just huge. And so it, it's hard to describe because I don't think any other game in any other genre... Well, I take that back. Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers in the genre platformer. We're still using elements from that game to this day in platformers and your game will be judged harshly if these elements aren't present which it should be because it created the genre. Uh, Dragon Quest is the same way. It created the JRPG, so your game will be hard to judge, uh, will be judged harshly if it doesn't have these in it. In fact, it won't be a JRPG because this is the reason why JRPGs are what they are. So going to new towns, buying new equipment, random encounters, menus in these encounters, things of that nature. This all boils back down to Dragon Quest. And yes, he did take elements from his own game, Portopia. He did take elements from Ultima and elements from uh, Wizardry. But he was able to concoct them in such a way that it made something truly original, truly inspiring, truly great. It was kind of like how rock and roll in the early days in the 50s was just blues music with a little country in it that that's where rock and roll came from listen to like roy orbison and uh well actually more accurately i guess uh little richard and uh chuck berry would be the more accurate origins of uh rock and actually the absolute more accurate origins of rock and roll but that's where it came from it was blues music with a a little bit of a uh, country and a little bit of piano mixed in so uh it's hard to believe right that rock and roll used to predominantly feature piano rather than guitar uh, it's true, but <laughs> it's kind of weird now that we think about it nowadays. Um, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, I had to mention, that's another one. Um, but, uh, so, J- Dragon, and the thing is, is uh, I, I hear a lot of arguments of people like, oh, I can't go back and play these old games. I don't see why. They're still fun to this day. Um, actually, uh, nope, uh, you could beat Dragon Quest, the original one, in about 10 hours if you're being lazy. Um, and they don't take that long. And honestly, I, I mean, you're, you're buying all these retro style games on steam. Why not just play a, re- a real retro game? <laughs> I don't understand it. Um, the, in the way I play dragon quest actually nowadays, I will play that game several times a year. Cause it's actually a good, because it's so bare bones, uh, which it wasn't when it came out. It was very robust when it came out, but by today's standards, very bare bones. But because of that, it makes a really good casual game. And I honestly play it on my phone. 
I bought the copy for the iPhone. It's like three bucks. That's the way I play it. Uh, you can play it one-handed. They have the controls set up like that. Uh, the only thing I don't like about the iOS version is it has King James English for some reason. The thou, thy, stuff like that. It. I don't know why they did that. <laughs> um, because you're looking at these Akira Toriyama character designs and you're looking at that language and you're just like, <laughs> you know, and, and humor has always been a huge part of Dragon Quest, which we'll go over that more later this week when we talk about another Dragon Quest game. Yes, there's going to be two Dragon Quest games mentioned this week because that's important. Um, but guys, I can't understate the importance of the original Dragon Quest and I can't understate the importance of uh, Yuji Horii on this genre, absolute, I mean, these are the elements that make a JRPG, period. So guys, uh, let me go ahead and tell you what else we're going to talk about this week so you could look forward to it. I think, you know, I like having something to look forward to. So tomorrow, we're actually going to talk about Chrono Trigger. Uh, I think Chrono Trigger is far and away one of the most influential games ever released, much less one of the most influential JRPGs. Uh, Wednesday, we will go over uh, Super Mario RPG, which was responsible for getting a lot of Westerners into RPGs because there were RPGs released in the West, of course. But I think until Mario had his face on one, we weren't really ready to fully commit to that. And Super Mario RPG is still just a great game to play today. Uh, Thursday, I can't get away with not talking about it. Final Fantasy VII, I don't even need to talk to you about why I need to talk to you about that. And on Friday, we'll actually talk about Dragon Quest XI because despite being released just two years ago, I think it reminded us of the base elements of a JRPG so well that I think we're going to see a lot of great games that were inspired by that return to its roots. So guys, uh, please like, share, and subscribe. Click the little bell. That way you know when I'm talking about these games. Uh, be sure to tell your friends about it. We still have our Patreon and our merch links up, so please check those out. Uh, all of that goes back into making this a better show. Uh, if you want to join the discussion on Discord, I strongly suggest you do that. Uh, in the evenings, we're absolutely blowing that thing up. It's a lot of fun in the evenings. I look forward to those notifications on my phone. We're having a lot of fun. And uh, guys, I, I think most importantly, what I want you to do, I, I need you to do something for me until the next time I see you. I need you to have a great day. <laughs>